Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I'm Declan, the son. And I'm Jane, the mom. Enjoy a drink with us while we tell you some wild stories of the brutal and bizarre variety. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we like to end our time with a chaser. Alrighty, Mom, what are you going to be telling us about today? I am going to be telling you a story about a hitman that was on the run and recently found, like, just a few days ago. Wow. Yeah. What are you going to be talking about? So today I'm going to be talking about cephalopods. Ew. You like eating those. I like some of them. The one I had in Mexico is not good, but (laughs) I think that was just like a chunk of octopus arm. I'm not, I don't think I'm a huge fan of octopus, but I do like, I love me some calamari. Yeah, you do. And to accompany my story, I have a Kraken and Coke, which is a dark spiced rum and Coke. Yes. And I thought the name Kraken suited this since the kraken would technically have been a cephalopod yes i agree all right here we go cheers so this drink doesn't really have like a recipe just kind of eyeball it if you want if you're making it yourself or you could just go with two ounces of kraken and just top it with coke i use cherry coke because you oh that's fancy normal coke i just use regular old cleaner yeah i'm not a huge fan of coke in general but i went and bought an actual coke because all dad has is the coke zeros and i was like i'm not drinking that yeah i'd rather have actual real coke they taste gross (laughs) they're not good i don't like that fake sweetening stuff but uh, we're going to try something different today. No history on the drink. Just going to go straight into the story. All right. Tell me stories about cephalopods. So, cephalopods are a species of animals that are classified by having bilateral body symmetry, a prominent head, and a set of arms or tentacles, and the ability to shoot ink. However, some cephalopods cannot do the latter, and some cephalopods can edit their own RNA. What? Yeah, I'm not a doctor. I don't really know what that means, but that sounds really cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're they're messing with their own genetics. Wow, I didn't know they could do that. That's that's icky. Yeah, we'll we'll get into this in a or we'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. So, some cephalopods like octopuses, cuttlefish, and squids can change their color, pattern, and texture to avoid predators. And if you've seen videos of like octopuses moving around, octopi, octop, octop. Pussies, octopuses, I, 
<laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> Multiple octopus. Yeah. <laughs> There's no good way to say it. No, it's just. I'm just going to say octopus. <laughs> okay. Uh, it is also believed that some cephalopods experience dreams. Oh. Octopus and cuttlefish have been observed experiencing what is believed is REM sleep. While this is happening, the animals are having rapid eye movements and change colors subconsciously, which is believed to be correlated with dreams, similar how to like dogs will like move and whimper when they're dreaming. Right. They so change the their color com- while they're sleeping? Yeah. Oh. I thought they just did it when they were trying to blend into something. It's not super, like, it's not as much as when they're, like, awake, but they have slight color and texture changes, like, while they're asleep. Wow. Okay. That's cool. That's interesting. The most common examples of cephalopods are octopuses, squid, cuttlefish, and nautilus. Cephalopods are regarded as the smartest invertebrate species and have multiple reports of them escaping an aquarium, traveling to another aquarium across a lab to feed on fish and crabs before returning to their original aquarium. What? What? So they like crawl out of their aquarium. No, like, I mean, they're out in the air. Prison break style. Yeah. And then they go, they just, yeah, they run across the lab floor into a different aquarium to eat the fish. <laughs> That's fucking wild. Could you imagine yeah. if you're the the first guy that figured that out? Like you come in I, and your aquarium's empty of all the fish and the octopus is sitting there looking fat, dumb, and happy. And you're like, what the hell happened? I don't think I'd be comfortable like observing that thing. Like, I feel like it'd be observing me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just waiting for 100%. the right time to come up and break your neck with all eight of its arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. This is weird. So one of the most terrifying cephalopods is the Humboldt squid, also known as the jumbo squid or the red devil due to their red hue and aggressive behavior. Oh, I don't like They're- it. Their mantle, which is like the big top part, the head, mm-hmm. one would say, is typically five feet long, not including tentacles. That's that's, that's typical. It, there's bigger and smaller than that. Yeah, that's, that's a me. whole human. Yes. Ew. Ugh. So one diver has a horrific story about these creatures. Oh, for sure. I'm uh, bleh. Alex Kerstich, a videographer, was filming feeding behaviors for these squids. While feeding, he noticed a Humboldt squid biting at one of his flippers. She was While he was filming, six other squids swarmed Alex, grabbing at his head and his neck with their tentacles. Uh-uh. Yes. The squids began dragging Alex down at an alarming rate and was 145 meters below before he realized he'd even been drugged down. What? He was able to fight off the squid somewhat safely. However, uh, diver Scott Cassell would not be so lucky. Scott was filming these squids for the animal planet when he was attacked. Like Alex, Scott was swarmed and dragged 
down in the water. The squids pulled him down so fast that his eardrum burst due to the water pressure. Oh, God, that's got to hurt. The squids were able to break Scott's wrist in five different places and dislocate his shoulder. Oh, that's not good. While the, while the Humboldt squid is terrifying in its own right, the giant octopus is just as horrifying. Alfred Bream was a naturalist, not the naked kind, in the <laughs> 1800s. and one of his books, he described a story of a ship crew being attacked. Near the islands of St. Ilona, a ship was traveling through the wake of Montfort when a giant octopus attached itself to their boat. It reached over the side of the deck with its tentacles and snatched two of the sailors. The group were able to cut off one of the tentacles, which measured 25 feet in length. Oh, oh so giant is not an exaggeration. Like, like jumbo shrimp. It's yeah, it's a big a fucking real giant. Yeah. Whoa. However, <laughs> one of the most interesting aspects of the cephalopod is the theory of how they arrived on this earth from space. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, no, you'll see it. Maybe not in the way you're thinking, like a alien ship crashed here. You'll so. Okay. A scientific paper published in 2018, researchers claim that cephalopods evolved from bacteria or viruses that arrived on this planet from an asteroid. Panspermia is the theory that organisms such as bacteria complete with their DNA could be transported by means such as comets through space to planets including Earth. Evidence shows that life on Earth diversified and became more complex after a mass extinction event uh, caused by asteroid collisions. This theorized that the asteroids carried a retrovirus, which is a virus that can make a complementary DNA copy of viral DNA. I, mean, I don't know what that means, but it sounds like it can like re replicate other DNA almost. Yeah, maybe. Uh, which were able to alter the genetic makeup of the host they infected. These retroviruses appeared and evolved in conjunction with the species they infected during the Cambrian explosion around 542 million years ago, which was a mass extinction in which the surviving species exploded in diversity and complexity much faster than before the extinction. Interesting. And this is where the octopus panspermia theory comes into play. The paper written by Cambridge scientist Fred Hoyle and Chandra Sorry if I mispronounced this. Uh, Wickram Shing about this theory offers two ex explanations to the rapid evolution of cephalopods like mollusks. That the paper explained that either cryopreserved octopus embryos arrived from space around 275 million years ago, or that extraterrestrial viruses uh, delivered genes that hyper-evolved squid and octopuses. However, since cephalopods are invertebrates, it's very hard for them to fossilize, so we may never know how octopus and squid came to be so intelligent and strong. Wow. So I I don't know about the the octopus embryos, but I 
if they're able to change their RNA, and so it seems like the the retrovirus or whatever can also do that, then maybe that's like what caused them to be able to like change colors and texture and all that shit. Yeah. Weird. Have you seen the show Resident Alien? It's on the sci-fi channel, I think. No, I could be wrong about that. Um, It's about an alien who comes to Earth and he takes over a human body and and pretends Hmm. to be a human. And he has no idea how to be a human, obviously. But in that show, he goes to a seafood restaurant and there's an octopus in a tank and the octopus is an alien and he can talk to the octopus telepathically and they have like all these conversations about being aliens and shit and how they're going to take over the world. And it's a, it's a hilarious, but, um, that sounds funny. Yeah. It's actually a pretty good show. (laughs) Well, that is, some interesting and scary information and wonder how they could ever prove any of it probably can't i i don't think so i mean it, probably not. that should happen million hundreds of millions of years ago so yeah i don't think we could get an accurate no there's lots can, of like, guesses i'm sure lots of theories yeah but oh for sure no real yeah. answers no. So what are you going to be telling us about today? Well, I'm going to talk to you about the mob, the mafia, specifically an Italian mafia. So, yes. And this was just like in the headlines uh, a few days ago when we released this. It'll be like a couple of weeks, but still fairly recent. So uh, I thought it was kind of interesting when I looked into the whole story about it. But uh, many people know about the Italian mafia as an organized crime group. The history of organized crime can be dated back centuries, and there are many different factions or families of the mafia, and family, the family link is really important. We're going to talk about one specifically, and that's the Indraghetta Mafia. This group was first mentioned in the late 1700s, which is wild because that's a long time ago. That's an old family. Yeah, but it became one of the dominant groups in the 1950s. For a while, they mostly operated in Calabria, a region in southern Italy. However, in the 1950s, they became more of a worldwide organization when many people began moving out of Calabria. Indraghetta, like many mob organizations, had strong family ties, making it necessary for members of the family to have blood relationships most of the time. So you were only really considered to be allowed in the in any faction of the mob or the mafia, but 
you had to be blood related most of the time. And it was pretty rare for anyone to be included that wasn't a family member to some degree, you know, cousins, brothers, sisters, shit like that. Okay. So that's interesting. It was a literal family. It was a literal family. Um, And which is why they were like in such a small area for such a while. But then as members of the family moved to other cities and towns and countries, then the whole organization started to expand. They were known for drug trafficking and basically had a monopoly on it in Europe. But they didn't stop with drugs. They were also involved with prostitution, arms trafficking, money laundering, racketeering, loan sharking, extortion, you know, the good money making mob stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. The Indrigeta, and I apologize if I'm not pronouncing it properly. I did look it up and that's what I got, but you know, I can't put an Italian flair on it, but Indrigeta weren't so satisfied with previously mentioned illegal activities. In the 1970s, they decided to branch out and incorporate kidnapping into their resumes. You know, because that's lucrative too. Yeah, you could get a decent chunk of money. Well, yes. Specifically, I'm going to tell you about one. In 1973, they were responsible for a high-profile kidnapping of a 16-year-old named John Paul Getty III. He was the grandson to an American oil tycoon. They wanted a lot of money. I think, if I remember right, they were asking for like $18 million or something originally. (laughs) Yeah, and they were like, yeah, I don't know that we want to give you that much money. So they sent the grandson's severed ear to a newspaper. They Van Gogh'd him? Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. Later on... um, they were paid $2.2 million by the grandfather and the teenager was returned. So it was, it was pretty high profile back in 73. Apparently. Holy shit. Yeah. What do you know? What, like how much it is in current? I money? don't, I don't. Okay. Shit, A lot probably more. shitload more. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Like many large organizations that involve huge amounts of money and egos perhaps just as big as the dollar signs, there were internal struggles between the members. So they didn't always agree on how to distribute their money. Like this family gets this much, that family gets that much, you know, the cousins and stuff like that. And they didn't always agree on which activities they would use to gain their wealth. Um, And the disagreements led to two separate wars amongst the members. So there was some infighting. The first war lasted from 1974 to 77 and resulted in 233 deaths of the members. Whoa. They had 233, over 233 members? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Who has a family that big? Oh, they're they're not just a family anymore? Well, no, primarily they're, they're family, but it's like, you know, your cousins don't have the same last name, but we're all still a family, and then they're cousins, and they're, you know, stuff like that. That ain't a family so, tree. That's a family forest. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, basically. Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's wild. <laughs> Just shit. wait. That was in the 70s. There was a second war from 1985 to 1991, and there were over 600 deaths that time. So they're just dropping babies out. Yeah. Oh my. And they, they, you know, they were actually kind of impressive. Well, (laughs) they're in, they're in a lot of countries. So, I mean, they're just, you know, you marry into the family, then you're part of the family. I guess that includes, okay. If you're including the whole, if they're step, step related, then I guess. Maybe. All right. So over the years, they expanded their reach and are known to operate in up to 15 other countries at this time. Organized crime is brutal, but also lucrative. In 2013, it was estimated that Indragheta made 53 billion euros, which equates to 57 billion U.S. dollars, billion with a B. Yeah. We're in the wrong line of business, but I don't have the stomach to be in the mafia, so. And you'd need to have a lot more kids, it sounds like. (laughs) Yes, probably. Probably. (laughs) I don't think we're going to get very far with just you, bud. No. This is like a gang, not a mafia. (laughs) Not even a gang. This is a crew. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're just the one crew, the three of us. (laughs) Yep. Uh, the Indragheta have made news headlines worldwide again very recently. This time for a crime that was committed in 1991, but has found some recent resolution. In 1991, two brothers, Stefano and Giuseppe Bartolomeo, met a violent end. They were beaten to death with a metal bar. Ooh. Yeah. Not, not great. It gets worse. Two years after that, the bodies were dug up and dissolved in acid. Their bodies were never recovered. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how they know any of these details, but somebody ratted somebody out. There was a fucking rat. Yep. And this was actually part of that war. So it was linked to that second internal gang war that I had mentioned before. So they were part of the gang. They were part of the mafia of the Endregeta family, if you want to call it that. And apparently somebody didn't like them and said, these guys got to go. Wow. This is crazy. Yep. Uh, Edgardo Greco was a hitman for the Endregeta during the time of the brother's death. An arrest warrant was issued for Greco, but he went on the run. He was convicted of the murders in 2006 in absentia, meaning he wasn't around. He didn't go to the trial or anything. He was missing, and they were like, we're going to convict him anyway. And they did and sentenced him to life in prison. And as soon as he found out that they were going to look for him, he was like, peace out. Okay, so he got the sentence he heard he got the sentence and was like oh i'm gonna leave well he actually booked it out of town when he heard that they were gonna arrest him before the trial even occurred he was like they're gonna arrest me i'm gonna end up going to trial i'm not even gonna get let them get that far 
and they proceeded with the trial without him and convicted him <laughs> and based on that they were like you get life in prison if we ever find you yeah he was also suspected of another murder in which a rival mom boss was stabbed inside a jail investigators never stopped looking for greco and had been searching photos online in 2022, they came across two articles from two different years featuring pictures of someone who looked very similar to Greco. The first picture was from an article in 2014, and they uh, estimated there was a 95% match to previous pictures of Greco. So they looked at the picture from 2014 and said, yeah, that looks pretty close. We think it might be him. And the second like picture the, that they found, what was the, the context picture? of that? Yeah. It didn't say. I couldn't find anything. It just said there was a picture from 2014, but they weren't even for sure it was him. However, the second picture was from 2021. It was from a French article in Saint Etienne in which the owner of a new restaurant discussed the Italian restaurant he was opening. So he bragged about his recipes. He talked about his family background in Calabria. He talked about his new restaurant that he was going to open. The restaurant owner was known as Paolo Dimitrio, but investigators were able to le- were able to successfully identify him as Edgardo Greco. They said that's the dude. That. Oh my, oh, you probably feel so dumb. <laughs> no shit, right? Yeah. I mean, he, I'm oh. sure he was like, it's been, at that point, it'd been like 14, 15 years. Nobody had any idea who he was, apparently. And he's like, yeah, I'll go in the newspaper and talk about the restaurant I'm opening. There was a picture of him standing in front of a kitchen. He's wearing a, shy, a chef's coat and, looking all fancy and shit. Did he at least like grow a beard or something? Like try and cover himself up? Uh, I don't I don't know. That, I don't not sure. If I if I committed a, some crimes like that, I would have like I'd look like fucking Gandalf just right. long hair, You'd beard, cover be- everything up indistinguishable for sure i would always be wearing sunglasses and a baseball hat even inside yep well his restaurant ended up closing a few months after it was opened and in 2022 he was hired at lagara that was terrible Uh, he was hired at another restaurant it was a pizzeria also in the same town Investigators were able to track Greco down, and after 16 years as a fugitive, he was taken into custody by Interpol and Italian police. He was apprehended on February 2nd, 2023, at the age of 63. He made one big mistake. Yeah. You got to move to a a non-extradition country. (laughs) Like... Yes. I mean, I'm not sure how many there are and what the conditions of those cities would be, but maybe don't go putting your face in the stupid newspaper. Yeah, Put somebody else's face and be like, 
I'm a secret investor or something. Don't be so, you know, yeah, he had sure to have at least like one friend in town that knew all of his stuff. He'd be like, hey, even I, like I really want to promote this restaurant. Just pretend to be me for this reporter lady and get your picture taken. Just <laughs> I don't know. That, right. That's crazy. Something. Something. It's insane. And the fact it's that crazy. it just happened, that was. Yes. Is I know. News, new news. New news. New, new news. Yes. So <laughs> that is my story about the mafia and the hitman That's who cool. got himself rearrested because he was dumb and got in the paper. I'm still impressed by their family tree. Yeah. Oh, that. I'm sure it, it, you know, <laughs> it's pretty mm. wild. I mean, think about your family tree. We don't even know 90% of the people that would be on our tree. True. So. I don't know. We've got relatives in other countries and that are still there. So. True. Well, do you have a chaser to talk about today? Tell me something I good. I do. And it's also recent news. I I mean, I don't know how it would not be good, but did you see that the the US shot down a Chinese spy balloon? I've seen talks about it, but I don't know much about it. Something about Montana and China denying it and stuff. I don't know anything about it though. Because, you know, I don't pay attention to the news. So I guess on a Saturday, Biden um, approved it to be shot down. And uh, they sent an F-22 fighter jet from Langley Air Force Base with a... They fired a sidewinder air-to-air missile downing the balloon, which was flying at an altitude of 60,000 to 65,000 feet. Wow. So I it just... That's... Who the... Why... The Chinese have like such a good tech industry. They can spy on us through all of our phones. Why are they using balloons? Like it's the fucking seventies. Don't tell them that. Don't tell them they can spy on us with our phones. (laughs) They all know it. Maybe they don't know. Don't tell them. Maybe they don't know. Shh, it's a uh, secret. They definitely know. They're, lis- <laughs> they're listening through our microphones that were probably made in right China. Now. <laughs> probably. Shit. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was cool, but it just seemed weird that they're using a balloon to spy on us. That. Yeah, that does seem a little odd. There must be a reason That's for it. Like ancient Maybe tech. they were. Yeah. I don't know. Or it's just some weird propaganda and it's not even Chinese. It's just. That could be too. Who knows? I, but I heard talks about it before he was even shot down. And I, I read the article yes. and I was like, who uses balloons to spy on people anymore? <laughs> we have in the future, like hunter drones like that can right. fly faster than planes. Like, why the fuck would you use a balloon? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And how do they know it's no. a Chinese balloon? It's just... A... They probably <laughs> put like... 
Well, I would say maybe when they shot it down, it says made in China, but that really doesn't mean it's Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was terrible, I know. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird, for sure. Do you have a chaser for us? I do. So uh, I found an article uh, it was on the dodo.com and it is about a cat cafe in New Zealand. And it's a very serious, serious article about how the cat cafe has to warn their patrons who order muffins. So I'm going to tell you the warning, the muffin disclaimer as you will have it. There is a picture on the muffin disclaimer of a cute little tabby cat. It's a little gray and black. It's adorable. I mean, cats are so cute. So this is what the the disclaimer says. So you've ordered a muffin. We hope you're up for the challenge. Our wobbly tabby cat, B, really likes muffins. So there are a few things to be aware of if you're having a a muffin in the cat area. Apparently, B is a bitch. She will, in all capital letters, she will climb you to try and get your muffin. She is not very good at climbing and will claw her way up your body. (laughs) It will hurt. She will not give up. She may try and eat the muffin right out of your mouth. And the last part... She is not allowed to eat muffins. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) It's awesome. It's awesome. It just made me laugh so hard about this fucking cat who's stealing muffins out of people's mouths. Could you even imagine? I mean. (laughs) I imagine like, oh, a zombie just like. Get the brains. <laughs> Just hunting you down no yes. matter what the cost. <laughs> Get the muffin. Yes. And I imagine they have like cat trees and stuff for the cats to climb on. So I just, I'm picturing her like yeah. jumping up the wall onto someone's yeah. back for the muffin. Yeah. As, there's, <laughs> as they walk by with a muffin. Because yeah. <laughs> everybody's walked by like a cat tree with a cat on it and been swatted at. It's like a sneak oh, attack. Yeah. Like you're not even yeah. expecting it. Like grab your yep. hair or something and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> all over a muffin yeah (laughs) that's awesome so don't go there and try and eat a muffin get a scone instead yeah well i think that just about wraps us up uh it does hearing that awesome mafia story yeah and i'm scared of cephalopods now thanks yeah, me too. Never had an we'll issue just... with them before, but now I do. Everybody, everybody, go and order a side of calamari next time you go to the restaurant. Right. We'll get back at them for yes. <laughs> <laughs> some salt and pepper squid. To teach them a lesson. Yep. Fuck you, cephalopods. All right, love you, mom. Love you too, bud. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening and supporting our podcast. We would love for you to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to give us a five-star rating, we would forever be grateful. You can contact us at our email via 
thebrutalandbizarre at gmail.com or on our Instagram at thebrutal underscore bizarre underscore boozy.